This is CliffCentral.com. Miss Pashida is a very special part of our family here at Cliff Central. And I imagine very few people know this about her. But growing up, her mom was a domestic worker. And when we met her, we got into a conversation about how domestic work affects the children of the women who, who do the work. And I think for the first time, I realized how this is essentially a commodification of parenting. Mm. And I realized why personal relationships should never be commodified because it leads to this very weird perversion of the human society. And in this case, we have disadvantaged kids without parents on one hand. And on the other hand, we have wealthy parents without kids. Mm. And I know that all sounds very confusing, um, but we're going to find out what it means. We're just going to hit the ground running with you, my love. So tell us briefly about your story. I know you're from Mozambique and your mom growing up yeah. was a domestic worker. Yeah, that was the basic job that she could get at the early beginning because she couldn't speak English. She had no formal education, nothing. Is this in Mozambique? No, in here in South Africa. Okay, so yeah. talk us through how you got here. She she came here. She migrated here. How old were you? I was still in her stomach. I wasn't born yet. Oh, so wow. she graduated. I was born in 1991. So she graduated. She came here in, like in 1990. Mm. Yeah. So she gave birth to me here. Okay. So do you identify as South African then? I, de- I totally. I completely identify as South African. Even though I spent my later years with my grandmother and grew up with my grandmother, where she taught me everything, like the language, languages I'm able to speak, my home language. She taught me how to cook my home food. She taught me, you know, all the rules. She taught me. Then I had to come back and be raised by my mom. So I'm, I'm two of two worlds, but basically I'm South African because I was basically raised here most of my life. Okay. So talk about being raised here. So she migrated when she was pregnant with you mm. and she couldn't speak English. And she, so the only work she could do was domestic work. Yeah, she could, yeah. Okay. So growing up, what did you understand about your mom's job? I just understood that she had to take care of other people. She had to put as a other, child. Yeah. Okay. She, to me, like she had to put other people before me. Wow. That's how it felt. Like so, if you if you can try and tap into your six year old self, because mm-hmm. what I love about um, six year old selves is that they're very descriptive because they don't understand constructs, they don't understand yeah. terminology, they don't understand frameworks, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they describe things in a very kind of matter of fact in a very um, rudimentary but very accurate way and so if you can tap into your six-year-old self right the second and i know you can (laughs) you're six right now and i'm asking you what does your mom do what do you tell me i would say she, she leaves home she doesn't come home for long periods of time she has a second home oh wow sure (laughs) <laughs> and did you understand that she was doing this for a living did you understand that's how she was putting food on the table no i didn't understand that i thought like to me i thought she was just having a second life oh so you felt betrayed yeah i felt like why did you have me if you have those people why am i here if you was gonna go to them cook oh, for wow. them clean for them take care of them did you ever ask her about that there, there came a point where we would talk about it because she felt very guilty. Eighteen years when I was older, she would feel so guilty, like she missed out on my earlier years. Yeah, mm. yeah. And then, when did you start to understand it was a job? When I, when I could, I guess, like when I came back from my grandmother's, because there was a point where she couldn't afford to keep me around, so she right. had to send me to my grandmother's. That's when I grew up with my grandmother. So when I came back, I understood better. Mm. When I came back, I was around like already nine years old okay. when I came back. Did she ever have the option of living with you at her 
um, employee's home. Yes, we had a back room. So to pay for the back room, she had to work for them. So her rent was by working for them. So you lived on the premises? Yes, we did, yeah. Okay. And so when you realized it was a job, Mm. were you less angry? I became like it was like a weight was lifted off my shoulders. Okay. It Mm. it became like she sacrificed. It was more of a sacrifice. Okay. I got to see that. So you think it was worse for your six-year-old self than it was for your nine-year-old self? Yes, it was worse because I feel like... uh, even though I was a child, I was a bit clouded. And I feel like me being angry at her added to her burden. Right. Do you think it made sense as a job? So even though you knew that it was a job, do you think it made sense? I, I, it didn't make sense because I've, I would have met I met other moms who had proper jobs, come home at normal times and spend time with their children. Right, because, like, who is paid to be a mother? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. just, it's the weirdest thing in the world, particularly where the opportunity cost is being a parent or mother to your actual child. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And so do you feel like by having domestic workers that we're taking something away? Well, from my point of view, it would have, if I was still a child, I would have said, yes, you took away time. Well, the most precious thing was for me was time with my mom. But what it added was a roof over my head. So it was survival. So if I say you take away domestic workers, you take away the survival of children like me. I wouldn't be here today if she hadn't said okay. such a catch-22. <laughs> it's a catch-22. Yeah. And we're, we're talking, I guess, now about your livelihood, mm. right, which is incredibly important. Exactly. It's just, it's a difficult position to be in. Mm. It's a difficult thing to have to choose. Very. Do you see Very, what I mean? Yes. And I think we talk a lot about, rightly so, we talk about the value that domestic workers add Exactly. To our lives, right? Mm, true. But what we haven't explored yet is the downside. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Um, and I think it's only responsible to do so. True. Right? Because for everything there is, for everything you do, there is an opportunity cost. And it's, it's, it's fair enough, but I, I want to understand and I want people to understand what that opportunity cost is. So talk us through... Um, some of your some of your feelings well i i li- i literally had to become independent very early in my age literally my mom had to find ways to make me sure that i was independent i mean she would leave me in my room with the tv the tv was basically my babysitter oh. i would know what time it is by different shows coming on mm-hmm. i would know that the electricity is gone by the tv coming off and i can't switch it back on Wow. Can can you talk us through a normal day and and I guess just sort of emphasize how you filled your day in the times that your mother was gone? So a normal day, my mom would have to wake up very early because basically she's, she was living there. They would need her like 24-7. So like even 5 o'clock in the morning, she would have to be out of the room and in the house taking care of the children, making sure maybe they go to school, making sure everything's fine. So she would make them breakfast. I would have to make my own breakfast. Mm. So she would maybe during the night when she comes back, make sure the ingredients are there and I can make it myself. Okay. Maybe I can reach the milk. I can reach whatever the like the porridge is already done. At what done. age are we talking? At, at that age, um, the specific ages that I could walk and talk. The other ages is when like I um I could crawl in them. She could keep me around. Okay. Yeah. So when right. I could talk so and walk. When at what age did you start making your own breakfast? At what age? I think I'm like I was about like six ish, five ish. And was it normal for you or were you 
like saddened by it? Did you resent it? To me, it felt very normal. I felt like my mom was treating me like an adult. Like, oh my gosh, she can do everything she needs to do. She's very smart. Let me let her do it. Okay. And when did the res? In what kind of situations did did the resentment kick in? It it kicked in when I started going to school, when I started primary school, and I saw the differences. When I'd meet other children, that's when it kicked in. Okay. And then and also TV, TV exposes, yeah. and I would see these different things, and I'm like, those children aren't making their own breakfast all the time, and they have people playing with them, and they have different stuff. Why am I not doing that? Why am I making my own breakfast? Why have do I? Why don't I have anyone to talk to during the day? Hmm. And why am I always watching TV by myself? Are there any things that you didn't speak to your mother about because you felt like she's just not really accessible as a mother? So certain things that as a young girl you'd love to speak to your mother about? Well, I feel like when I was younger, I wasn't able to voice my dreams. Like be like, I felt like I was going to also become a domestic worker, and I didn't want to insult right. her. I oh, don't wow. say, I don't want to do what you do because it takes away, it takes you away from people. So I didn't want to say that to her. Right. Yeah. So. But you, did you still feel like you were destined to become that? I did. I had a great fear of it. I was like, oh my gosh, maybe I'm just another domestic worker. Maybe I should just learn the trade and look at her, what she's doing. When was the first time you ever opened up to her about these feelings? Well, when we started working together, my first job, surprisingly, was me helping her out on... When she was working as a domestic worker for another Chinese family, really. So one time they heard that she has a daughter, and they're like, she can make extra money, bring her on weekends. So I would have to go every Saturday with her, and they would oh, pay wow. me. Did that cement in you that that might be your future? It, it kind of did because I was a, like, um, I was a, I was already like in grade seven. I was about to go to high school, and then I, uh, to me, I was thinking my greatest thoughts were I'm getting extra money, but my other thoughts were, but I'm doing what my mom is doing. Dude, that's so interesting. I didn't realize. Okay, so you've got like a mother-daughter domestic worker team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what does that do to your relationship? Does it strengthen it? I feel like um, it strengthened it. Okay. It definitely strengthened it. The time it's been together, I was on the other side. Hmm. It helped. Did it help you understand her better? It helped me understand her and it helped her <coughs> understand me. That's why she pushed me to be like, you can do more. This oh, so me. she had higher aspirations for you. You have a different path. Did you ever resent the children she spent I her did. time with? Totally. I hated them. <laughs> okay, so how how old were they? They they she raised them from babies. So okay. uh, technically they grew up with me. Right. And you they, you didn't feel like they were siblings at all? I didn't. I wouldn't even want to call them brother. I like they were different skin to me, they were white. So I was like, How come they can they can call my mom mom? Who are they? Hmm. Is that what they called her? Sometimes, like Mama Teresa, Mama Teresa. I'm like, don't put mom when you say my mom's name. Wow. Sure, because in striving to to really um, make your domestic work a part of the family, yeah. and I think we all think that's the right thing to yeah, do. True. Right? In striving to do that, I don't think we're aware of, of the downside. You know, and, exactly. and and what we're taking away. Nobody ever thinks about the domestic workers' children. So, yeah, like, yeah. I, I'm wondering, did you feel like they owned your mother? Like, they, there was a sense of ownership on their part? I feel like they would say jump, and she would have to say how high. Did they see you? They did. They did. Uh, they tried their thing of, like, you know that, let's form a, a relationship with you. You can sometimes eat breakfast with the children, play with their toys, you know. You can come in and talk to your mom from time to time. It was nice, but it felt like window shopping. 
Like I'm looking in, I'm like, okay, cool. I can co- walk into the shop once in a while and then come out, but I didn't get the expensive dress. Hmm. So, what is <clears throat> how 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 can we do this better, right? Because, like I said, we preach make your domestic work a part of the family because she is essentially an extension of you, yeah. right? But there's obviously a a problem so when it comes to her own family yeah, and her kids. And how do we strike that balance? Is Do we make her part of the family or not? Do we just completely professionalize this role and make it impersonal? You know, she comes, she cleans, she doesn't raise the kids. What? How do we make this better for domestic workers' kids? Well, I, I definitely see that there's not a, like a, a direct solution that can solve all of this and be like, okay, we can just solve it one way. Because for me, it would mean if you make it impersonal, she won't have the relationship with the kids. She won't be able to raise your kids. She won't be able to... Should know. she be raising yeah. your kids? Should she be raising your kids? It, let's be honest. What else can she do? She's there 24-7. Hmm. What else can she do? But if there wasn't this issue of, of desperation, yeah. of, of li- livelihood, yeah, right? If <clears throat> we all had an equal amount of money... Mm-hmm. And we could all afford the same things. Yes. Should this job of domestic worker exist? It would. I feel like, in a perfect world, it wouldn't exist because we'd all help each other out. Because in a perfect world, you wouldn't have a rich family Should- that can't spend. They can't take care of themselves. Everyone would be equal, right? So if we do take out the desperation out of it, at the same time, it would be a nine-to-five job. So let's say if it's the desperation that makes you have to be there twenty-four-seven and do whatever there needs to be done. If you take out the desperation, it can be a nine-to-five job. It can be impersonal. You don't have to live with the family. You can just come in, do what you and leave and go home. Yeah, because I'm wondering what it is about our our lifestyles that make us require them for the length of time that we need them. Because I don't think that's normal. You know, I think it's like, yeah, if she worked like a five, six, maybe at most eight-hour workday, mm-hmm. so just like any other workday, and then when she leaves to take care of her family, just like just like we get back home after an eight-hour workday, exactly. and then she takes care of her family. There's a gap in evolution here where we've almost got our, ahead of ourselves in certain ways, right? Exactly. We think it's highly evolved to be career-orientated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yes. And to go out into the world and to build and to accumulate wealth exactly. and to be successful, we think it's a highly evolved thing to do. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. But how evolved can it be truly if we're not able to take care of ourselves? Especially if we've replaced one way of living for another. It's not like they coexist. Exactly. So That's why someone else has to fill the other role. For me, there is a fundamental flaw in evolution if you cannot take care of yourself. First and foremost, I... I I don't care if you're a career woman, mm. you know, and you go out and you, you create value mm-hmm. for other people and for yeah. the economy. Yes. Mm. If you cannot take care of yourself, if, if you cannot wash your own underwear, my friend. <laughs> no, but in a, if you think about it, in a way they have, because yes. that's why the domestic worker is a tool and an object, because it's just like in the beginning when they made spears with stones, that yes. was a form of survival. They made a tool to enable them to live the lifestyle that they were living. And that's the same with the domestic worker. That's why she's literally an object so that we can cont- so in a way they are looking after themselves they've just made a new tool that manages that new life except that it's not a tool right mm. it's a it's a human being so and it's that's a where very the problem is. Yeah. sordid 
solution. Yeah. yeah. Right? And I think, for me, the ideal evolutionary situation is if we find a balance between looking after ourselves, raising our own children, yes. and pursuing careers. Yeah, because some might argue that the domestic worker is there to help me. She's not there to take over my life. She's there to help me so that I can be able to spend more time maybe with my children and do more things with them when I have the help of a domestic worker. I think a lot of people will unfortunately argue that that is help. I think it's it's a normal thing to get help, right? Humans are people that are always in need of help. help. That's a, that's just like a ba- it's happened since the very beginning. We were always in need of each other. Mm. We're companion creatures. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, so that's not the issue. I think it's the way that it, takes it plays out. a village out. to raise a child. I'm all about that. Yes, all it's about the way that. it plays I'm out. I'm all about help. I'm all about community. Mm. Right? Mm. But I'm saying if can we commodify that thing and call it domestic work? Is that normal? I think we're commodifying the wrong thing. We're commodifying mm. nurture and that sort of stuff rather than commodifying, the work. The, you know, washing dishes, mm. yeah. <laughs> you know, which is very, very functional things yes. that would take your time that you can spend your time doing other things. Mm. But the nurture thing, no. Unfortunately, okay. it's just I'm been muddled in up into the Pashida. same mm. thing. Yes. That's what I'm referring yes. to. I think you, you know, I know many people who, use cleaning companies yeah right exactly. yeah exactly they don't even see the people who come and clean yes. in the shadows you know yes and those people who clean are just executing a very a very important function yeah but it's, it's also like quite a professional mm. yeah you mm. know mm. function mm. it's it's impersonal mm. and they're happy with that right mm. um the nurturing part of it is what I'm asking about. And so the fact that you felt that your mom was somebody else's mom, yeah. is that making us better as people? At, the, the, at some point, no. It kind of, it puts a strain on the mother and the mother and the children relationship until they can understand, when they don't understand. So it's the foundation is that is a problem. There's two opportunity costs here. This is almost a, <laughs> this is a gargantuan problem. Mm. The first opportunity cost is to you as the child exactly. of the domestic worker. Mm-hmm. The second opportunity cost is to the mother mm. of the child that the domestic worker is raising. Yes. To the mother of the child. To, okay. You know what I mean? It's, it's to mm. that relationship. Yeah. She should be spending more time yeah. with her child. So it's a very warped way of thinking that you're creating value. Do you know what I mean? Because... It is not a chore. It shouldn't be a chore <laughs> to mm. raise your kids. But you know, at the same time, I don't even think it's intentional because if I mm. look back on like, you know, a couple of my jobs that I've had, exactly. where really unintentionally, I was working my afternoons and my mm. evenings and my weekends. Mm. And I really, really didn't want to. But the workload was just so huge. I couldn't, I couldn't make sense of like how to not work through the nights and how exactly. to not work through the weekends. Exactly. So I think, you know, a lot of people are unfortunately thrown in a position where they do want to have a career, but then the career is maybe a lot more taxing than they ever could have imagined. Mm-hmm. And then they do have to create something that fills that gap. Okay. And then unfortunately yeah. it becomes a terrible condition. And when you do step into that role where you, you do get something that pays you, you see that you are able to do it and you are good at it. Yeah. And you get paid well for it. Mm. That's when you're like, okay, I can do this. I'm good at it. Mm. I, I see benefits. I see fruits from what I'm doing. Yeah. And my mom saw fruits from what she was doing. 
did like if, if, though she was between two houses what she was doing glorified her she was happy i mean they didn't make her suffer she went home sleeping even though she like sometimes you know i'm left behind she would know that I did the best job I could do, you know. They were referring her to other houses. They were referring mm. her to other people. They, you know. But I, I do wonder though, was she was she sometimes saddened or or even nervous about the sort of woman you would um, become, void of her presence in your life? She was very nervous. That that's why she she was very glad that my grandmother was still around because mm. she felt like my grandmother filled up a very big part that she couldn't fill up. She still misses those years that I was with my grandmother. But when I came back and she saw how much my grandmother filled in me, she was very happy. She just she could just fill in the rest. Was she uncomfortable when you first helped her out? No, actually, she wasn't. She wasn't because um, when I'd come back from my grandmother, I'd already shown her what I can do. Because in my grandmother, it's hectic. There's no electricity. Water's very far. We're dealing with cows and goats and ducks. There's a lot of animals. Uh, my grandmother had already beaten into me. You work hard. The, pr- the production of hard work equals fruit. Right. So yeah. when I already came back from there, my mom could already see that I, wasn't about, I was about hard work. So when she put me in and she saw me that first day, she was really actually proud of me. She was mm. proud of me how I did the job. She was like, you do the job how I do it. You get in, you do the job, you do it well, no matter what the job is, and you walk out proud. I think that's a really, really, really important principle. Yeah. Except if the job is a little bit perverse. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what I mean? I think I would would generally give the advice to somebody to make the most of any situation they're in. Except if that is a perverse situation, then I don't know if you should be making the most of it. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) And so, like, and and that's really what I, you know, I think we're looking for silver lining. Which you have to sometimes. And we've absolutely we got to. Going to the abyss. We're going to think I also need to, I think we need to, to own up at some point and to declare, even if we're looking for silver lining, even if we're in a, a fix exactly. of a situation where actually, you know, these women, we need these women and these women need the job. Yeah. We need to declare at very least that mm. this is not okay. <laughs> yes, I agree. You know what I mean? This is not sustainable. This is not the way that it should be. Mm. And then carry on from that perspective. You know what I mean? Because I think that's the only way we're going to try, we're going to begin to phase this thing out yes. or mm. find alternative solutions exactly. okay but now we've all agreed on this so what is the next step um the next step i think is counseling <laughs> <laughs> definitely <Yes. some> therapy <laughs> nationwide yes. counseling peace <laughs> <laughs> no i think honestly and truly that we need to understand our, our domestic workers better as as human beings Yes. Understand their families. Exactly. As well. You know what I mean? Understand their womanhood. True. Mm. Understand all of these things before we ask them to do anything. Right? Sure. And I I guess I'm a bit torn with that because then I wonder, should they not necessarily be known so that the role remains a very professional role? You know me as the person that does this for you and mm. I go home and I live my life. Mm-hmm. And that there is a limit to how you know me mm-hmm. and vice versa. Mm-hmm. So it's really just a mechanized role as opposed to, you know, adding nurture and then it just becomes a mess. No, but I think it's from that perspective that we can begin to make it a professional role because you're understa- you have a better understanding of what you're taking away mm-hmm. from that person. Oh, so in terms of like medical aid yeah. and exactly school fees, all that, all that, all her needs. As a human being. Yeah. I think I think what you're saying is mm-hmm. that it needs to be an impersonal role. 
But we've got to understand why it needs to be an impersonal role. And we can only yeah. do that if we understand and we see mm. these women as people to yeah. begin with. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because if we don't see them as people, then we abuse them and we take liberties. Yeah. And that's where, where I'm saying we just need counseling. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. majority would argue that if I don't get involved personally, I won't know what's going on with her. If I keep it professional, then I can't put her child through school like my, I put my child through school. I can't I give her a room next to my children because it's impersonal. It's professional. I don't care what happens in her life. I will just know I'm paying her. She's knocking off at this time. She must go. Bye. Hmm. Yeah, but it's also, you know, you can make the same argument, I think, for a corporate situation, mm. for a corporate job. Honestly, I think you're a better boss when you understand yeah. the people who work for you, first and foremost, as people. If you yeah. skip the people step, yes. then you treat them as tools hmm. and you abuse them and you yeah. end up denigrating their humanity. You what I like, them. though, is that sometimes the tools have um, medical aid. <laughs> You know yes, what I'm saying? The tools, tools, yeah. really in the, tools? Yes, the tools, yes, yes, yes. Uh-huh. And some of them get extra skills. I mean, they, they get taught like how to maybe do nursing, how to become a professional governess, how to become a chef. They get taught these things. Minority, mm. I know. Majority, they don't consider them to further their skills. But there's a minority that further their skills. Mm. Domestic workers learn more than mm. they would have learned if they'd like stayed at home or got another job or if they had a wrong family. But if you get the right family, you do get to further. Mm-hmm. Yourself, mm. but I, I guess yeah. What I what I just quickly mean is, mm. you know, the the bigger an institution gets, yeah. and uh, you know, you're sort of more susceptible to becoming just you know a tool. Mm. But at the same time, you stand to get more benefits, <laughs> which is such an irony because in like the very small firms that I've been in, I've had like no benefits whatsoever, mm. very little pay, and whilst in the very big ones, yes. I've had the benefits so so then in that sense i don't care that they don't know me because yeah. at least i can see what i'm getting yes. out of it you know so mm. i, don't know, I think a, there just needs to be a redefinition of this role mm. i think the parenting function must go no, okay? like, <laughs> full stop i say yes. that now no i agree and uh, ask me on any given day I, agree. I will repeat myself the parenting function must go mm. and i i mean i honestly don't care who that offends yeah because that is a fundamental... We cannot grow this thing as an institution if the parenting is built into it because we're creating a problem. Yeah. You cannot pay people to be your co-parents. Yes. So I think that if that... If, if just that goes, if we just take that out of it, then there is actually an opportunity here for this thing to be a legitimate institution that is, like you're saying, very empowering to people. I don't know how that's gonna go. Hey, people's lives are mm. ridiculously busy. Yeah, it might not they're not. They're not well. even just being cruel. Yeah. Stop having children. <laughs> but don't have that's kids. A good, that's don't a have good kids suggestion. if you cannot raise your children. Don't have them. Why are we doing this, guys? We're clearly. I mean, we're, this is a people problem. We're overpopulated, and there's not enough hands <laughs> and eyes to look after little people. The little children. So I just for me. It, yeah, it, it might. Yeah, it might be a reproductive yeah. issue, to be honest. Ooh. To begin with, yeah, and that would be interesting to explore. Yeah, because yeah. the parenting function has become very necessary. Because let's look at back then in the apartheid times, back then with the oppression, 
most children when they speak today they say I was raised by my domestic worker yes I have a life because my domestic was there yeah. I know Zulu I know black people oh, not all of them say I've that, got a Zulu I, middle name yeah, because <laughs> I was raised by my domestic worker and yeah. the domestic workers children will say I know how to go into the suburbs I know I, I know how to buy a house I know how to do certain things because I was raised with with my mom's um children with the children my mom was taking care of you know so there's a there's a specific so if you take away the parenting function someone say you're robbing us the other maybe the 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 boss's children the your mom is looking after them they'll be like you're robbing us now Mm. we also don't have anyone to take care of us but what i also wonder is why they still end up racist you know (laughs) that's uh, we will get to that right now (laughs) i just want to address though the robbing yes (laughs) tough (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Take it up with your mom. Because what happened to you? <laughs> it's not what happened problem. to you. And the fact is that even if that was taken away, they still have their mother. Mm. You don't have it. Yeah, they have two. It's tough. So you still they still they still stand with the opportunity to be I raised by their own mother. Take away that function and see like a mass breakdown yes. <laughs> in South African let's, families. Let's make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. Uh, like a massive breakdown. And address that mm. in the right way. Mm. This is covering up. This is rob. You know what? This is robbing us of a, a like a, a proper solution. And if that solution is reproductive, then we must call it that. Mm. But let's have an intelligent solution, as opposed to like. I mean, I don't know. This for me is just like a a, a makeshift, very mm. weird, abnormal intervention yeah. that somebody came up with. Yeah. <laughs> The, the government is trying to process it, but there's no process. It's already f- too far along. You can't put processes and laws into it. And there's too many people who are desperate. Dude, were, that's, the, that's, that's the issue as well, the desperation. What yeah. Yeah. A bunch of drunk housewives doing <laughs> apartheid. <laughs> <laughs> Telling you, doing apartheid. A bunch of, of, of drunk housewives were having a conversation. Um, sipping like, I don't know, wine out of teacups or something. <laughs> <laughs> In the middle of the at day. At 10 in the morning. Yes. At, at 10 in the morning. And uh-huh. they were like, wouldn't you rather just do this all day? Like, yes. And they were like, yes, that is the life. Mm-hmm. How do we find a way to do this all day? Yes, how do we make that happen? <laughs> and they were like, why don't we just make the black women <laughs> raise our children? <laughs> <laughs> and we'll just check in on them once in a while. And there was like a roar of applause. <laughs> and the very next day, <laughs> were domestic workers. It was some weird thing like that that happened, I swear. Because this is some not... Some rich man's wife. This is not an intelligent... I can't see people in a boardroom, right? Talking about how do we get women to the workplace. Now, but remember, we've been mechanized for hundreds and hundreds yes, of years. Yes. You know, like yes. it's... It's been a role that's been so easy to imagine for us because it's been normal. Yeah, nobility wouldn't raise their own children. Yes, no, exactly. Royalty doesn't raise their own children. Yeah. They check in and be like, "Hi, Ben. Okay, you're ten years old now. Your domestic worker, the helper, just." It's told just me. a very drunk solution, is what I'm saying. It's not intelligent. I can't did, see a bunch of you? intellectuals or, or, or professionals at, at a boardroom trying to figure out how do we empower women, how do we get women careers, how do we get them into the workplace. Oh, I know. We'll take. All of the black women and put them in their houses. <laughs> that doesn't seem to me an intelligent solution. I don't necessarily think that there's a connection between a black woman as a domestic worker and female 
and the female getting into the workforce in terms of decision making mm. i think they might have naturally thought that that is our role anyway that's the problem though yeah yeah right yeah why is it black female why cuz if it was <laughs> a well thought out solution mm. at a in a boardroom mm-hmm. right or some kind of institution mm. why is it the black women in but particular remember, why isn't it let's create a role yeah right yes. and let's let let's evaluate the role yeah okay first of all so that if we do commodify this parenting thing mm. at least whoever is doing it is paid right Okay, but remember, in, during apartheid time, there was also very active mechanisms to separate black the black family exactly to to break up the nuclear home. Yes. So the men were sent off to the mines. Yes. The woman lived That's in. That's a conspiracy theory that I like. It's but it's not, not a conspiracy no, theory. theory. Yeah, I didn't know that. It's though. real. I didn't know that. It's like, real. I never thought of domestic work being a mechanism yeah. to break up the black family. It was. I don't think a lot of people have. That is amazing. It was. There's yeah. only a few roles available. It's either you could become a nurse or a domestic worker or a teacher for women. And for men, a gardener, a mine worker or a construction worker. Mm. There was a you few see, things, middle see, things. Remember L- L- Loliwe by Zahara. Zahara. Yeah. yeah. And that speaks to the, you know, the train taking the father's away. Yes. That was a real thing. Like they, they broke up. And that's I'm, why they, I mean, that's why like, I, I tear up when when black South Africans get teased that they don't have complete homes. Yes. That was a it was, was a, a very thing, active yeah. process of breaking oh. up black families. Ray, being raised by a single mom yeah. is a normality. It's oh what it is. It's yeah. what that it is. Why this thing exists? Yeah. Well, there's many other reasons. Yes. There's a, there's <laughs> a lot of reasons. At reason. least a big part of why this thing exists. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but I'm just trying to I'm just trying to make the point that this is in no way a legitimate solution. It's not. Absolutely. Definitely. And so I I genuinely believe people need help in general because like I don't think there's been a generation that has ever been as busy as our generation. True. Which is terribly unfortunate because now industrialization has become the norm. It is. And industrialization existed in a time where there was a crisis. Mm. There was a mass crisis. And now that state of mass crisis has become so normalized that, you know, the, the ridiculously extra hours. I'm, and so I do believe that they need the help. I just think, like you say, the help condition is so ridiculously perverted. We can, guys, we, we also can take it down a notch, eh? We don't need... You know, we don't need to, 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 to grow and to create and to construct things so rapidly. I think we're trying to, <laughs> I think even I think if we're even getting if ahead we of just, ourselves, even if we just wanted to sustain the status quo, we are stressed. I'm saying if we regress professionally, <laughs> no, I just bear with me. <laughs> I know I've been saying um, some very left field things. <laughs> You're just if, giving giving us food for thought, yeah. If we yeah. regress professionally, if we're willing to do that, we will progress personally. Mm. And for me, if we progress personally, we will solve a lot of the problems that we have as the human race. How do you deal with people's fears? We yes. too plugged in. You know, like we understand security as a particular way. So if you, I do my 95, I will at least have the sustained form of income 
coming in, at least I'm sure how much I will go to school. At least I'm sure of this and that. At least I'm sure I can be in this neighborhood that provides me this. Absolutely. Absolutely. But how do we address the construct that is security? Yes. One person at a time. (laughs) One person to people. Mm. Do you know what I mean? People have been going rogue though. Yeah, there's been Google. There's been all sorts of people trying to do that. Nudists. (laughs) (laughs) No, but think about it. A Google, who is a huge powerhouse machine Mm. that is not performing the 95 jobs like like regular other companies, you know? Mm -hmm. That is on a large scale. And yet, a lot of people are still like plugged into that, you know, as a sense of normal. We just need one Google. We need one billion dollar (laughs) company. If we can get Mark Zuckerberg, if we can get uh, Larry Page... Mm -hmm. Mm. In this room And <laughs> tell them This is a necessary intervention Yes <laughs> But people will go rogue need to launch it <laughs> Because it's a trend I'm, I'm trying to say that The way that we think as, as sheep I mean in large part We're sheep You know what I mean And it really takes Like a really strong minority sometimes mm. To lead the revolution And I just think If we can get the right thinkers And the right influencers Involved in trying To make it normal To make it normal For us To <laughs> And look, maybe regress is a strong word. Maybe we don't need to regress professionally. Maybe it's actually a, a, a form of progress. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Mm. Do you know what I mean? But mm. if we take it down a notch <laughs> and progress, because I know for a fact, and I don't doubt this for a second, and it does sound very Google-esque, but better people make better employees by far. You know, they say actually 75% of those that leave their their Jobs mm-hmm. are because of their bosses or management. Yes, very specifically, it's it's put old. women and men in mm. roles where they can work from home. Build in the nuclear family. Build that into your co- your company policy. Right, do stuff like that, and I think we have a shot. But right now, separating the two is not working. Okay, now in this mess of a country, right? They did a swell job <laughs> separating the nuclear family. They did a swell job making people in, in really up, dire need. It, it ended up separating their own families, quite frankly. You know, you, you bring this thing into your family, um, thinking it's going to create some kind of glue, some kind of value. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And actually, it ends up taking away. Because... Unfortunately, I think that domestic workers who raise kids in particular, not the cleaning function, but the child raising function, it, mm. it, like I said, it, it, it takes away. And I don't know when people are going to start seeing it for what it is. And this is where we're saying value is perceived, but people are dumb. <laughs> Honestly wow. and truly, I can only reduce it to the dumbness of human beings. I think we um, are habitual beings. Yeah. So we've got to break some of these patterns, right? Yeah. Um, cause it's, I know people are dumb, but I also think that people are quick on the uptake. Do you know what I mean? You think? But some people choose to be ignorant. As much as I think people are dumb, I think sheep are quick on the uptake. Mm-hmm. Very. Do you see what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the upside. Uh, if it comes from where? The it- right influences. What is the right influence? <laughs> Google. Oh, come on. <laughs> Google, Google, I'm, I'm just giving you an example. Yeah, yeah, but I'm just wondering, like, 
what because there's certain things that they're prepared to be quick on the uptake mm. for and certain things not. Mm. And I wonder what is it? Okay. Yeah. Some people choose to be sheep. They don't want to leave. So they it's the thing that anything. seems to appeal to a crowd. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Google. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Google is the future and the answer. Uh, Paj, thank you so much for joining us. You're kick ass. Yes. Mad respect for you. Like <laughs> yes. levels go. You are levels. No. I'm serious. Thank you, ladies. And I just want to throw this last question at you. Yes. Um, again, be your six year old self. Yes. But as your 25 year old self. Mm-hmm. Oh. So, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and what do you want to tell your mom? I want to tell her that if we had to do it all over again, we would do the same thing she did. Wow. Existence is important. Survival is important. I wouldn't have gone to university. I wouldn't be where I am if that ex- if she hadn't done that. I could be in four worse situations. So she must not feel guilty. If we could do it all over again, let's do it. <laughs> Yo. Hey, girl, girl. <laughs> you are the one. You gotta rock. You gotta keep it going. Thank you, ladies. It I think very... what, what I've admired throughout this journey is the ones that stand to be hurt the most are usually the ones with the most empathy. You know what? I love your ability to not overly theorize and just understand that it's about doing what you have to. Mm. Exactly. Period. Because theorizing and reflecting and lamenting yes. is a privilege. Exactly. It really, really is. And so, I mean, mad, mad, mad respect. Thank you. Uh, thank you for joining us on the main sessions with Cliff Central. Uh, Tools, do you want to give our, our Twitter information? Yes, um, so please make sure to follow us on um, Twitter at Made Project, M-A-I-D-E Project. And our Facebook page is The Made Sessions. We love you, Pashida. Thank you. Peace. Bye. <laughs> this is CliffCentral.com.